Welcome to the Next Chapter Podcast. Whether you were going from high school to college, from college to the real world, from nine to five to entrepreneur, or literally anything in between, we are here to help you turn the page from dreams to reality. Welcome back to the Next Chapter Podcast, where we help turn the page from dreams to reality. Today, we're going to be looking at a bigger topic. We're going to be looking at the idea of life lessons and things that we have learned in the past. And unfortunately, last weekend, I learned a pretty big one. And that's basically going to be the premise of this episode is stuff that we've learned. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So last week, got a text that you guys got into a car wreck. Yeah. Um, So obviously, um, crazy situation is something that like is very common, but you never imagine you in that situation or like someone that you are associated with like get into that kind of danger um so i get the text walk us through like what happened and what were you thinking in the moment yeah man i sent you that text because i really didn't know who else to text because we don't know too many people down here in texas and i was like wow i don't know what to do so the first thing i did and eric did too was send you a text like dude we just crashed the v or not we i did it but what happened was i was going through a red light not true not a red light. I was going through a stoplight. The light was red. It turned green. We started to go. Some dude, for some reason, came to a full stop in our lane. It's two lanes, and it was super busy. And came to a full stop. It's a 50-mile-an-hour road. Dude in front of me hits the dude in front of him. I didn't have enough time to stop. Look back, and I just go straight into the back of him. Mm-hmm. Tried stopping. Didn't work. Straight into the back of the dude. And out of nowhere, it was just like a shock. Mm-hmm. Didn't know what happened. It was all a blur. And one second, everything was just chill. Everything was fine. And then airbags exploded in our face. And it was just weird. Out of nowhere, it turned to like, wow, what, what just happened? I'm so confused. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's about it. I don't. That's all I remember. Yeah. It's like a very instantaneous situation. Like crash, impact, the car immediately responds with airbags. Yep. What was your reaction, both of you? Like, was it shock? Was it disbelief? Were you kind of in a daze? Like, how, because it was such a quick occurrence, how did you respond to it? I was just in disbelief. I really could not believe what had happened because I was, like, just so caught off by the situation and how it had happened that I was I was in shock of what was happening. So I just looked down, and I look at my arm, and my nose was bleeding, and there was my my arm immediately started bruising up because of the way I was driving. I I just like went straight into the steering wheel and I didn't even notice the airbags went off. Mm. I didn't I did not realize once that they had popped. I didn't hear them pop, but mm. I just saw my knuckles were bleeding as well and I was like, "What's that from?" And I assumed it was from the airbags, but I looked down at my phone because my phone was on my right side and it had slid down and it was actually calling someone. And the car said car crash detected. And I was like, hmm. I was just confused. I didn't, I didn't know my car would say that. For some reason, a voice from somewhere said car crash detected. But my phone was calling someone. And I have no idea who it was calling. It might have been insurance. It might have been, definitely wasn't 911 because the number was longer. But I don't know who it was calling. I just saw it was calling someone. And I was just genuinely confused. And then Eric looked at me and he was like, you're all right? I was like, yeah, I'm good. Are you good? And we're like, yeah, get out. We're basically in the middle of an intersection and we get out look at the car and the car's still running but it won't drive so we turn it off shut it turn it off 
turn it back on, it barely turns on, and then we can get it to the road, the side of the road, and it was just like, wow, that all happened so fast, and it was just, yeah, that's about it, it was just mm-hmm. super fast. What was your response like, Eric? I actually kind of remember the whole thing, which is wild. Um, I was on my phone, and uh, I kind of got blindsided. I just hear Ricky scream at first. Mm -hmm. Like, I hear him scream, and then I remember screaming like a little girl, to be honest. (laughs) Like, I I don't remember any sounds except me screaming at first. Mm -hmm. And one second, like, so I hit the windshield, and I know exactly how I hit, too. It was, like, kind of like a linebacker, like, coming to hit you so i go in shoulder first it was like that Mm. like i went shoulder first my right shoulder went first toward like the the windshield and surprisingly i still had my phone in my hand at the end and i truly think i texted you less than a minute after we hit Mm. like it was right away like my phone was still in my hand and i texted you like before i think i even said anything to ricky yeah um but what i remember was after that it was like I was focused in on nothing but what happened in front of us. Like I had, I, I don't remember seeing any cars around us. Um, it, it was so hard to even see out of the window because of the dust. And it was like a sandstorm just kicked up in the car and it was completely silent. Um, I don't remember hearing anything uh until i looked over at ricky and i the thing i i don't think i asked you like are you good because i looked no up. you did you that was the first thing you said to me you're oh. like it's all good are you good oh well the, well i guess the only thing i remember asking him i said be honest were you paying attention to the road oh yeah that is mm-hmm. the first thing you said before that yeah that's true that that's all i remember asking yeah. him yeah and um i think he said yeah yeah like he was paying attention mm-hmm. I forget, but it, I, I don't remember a lot, but I remember, like, it happening at first, which is weird because, like, usually that's, like, the stuff you'll forget, but, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. From my perspective, what had happened when you asked me, are you paying attention? Yes, wasn't on my phone or anything, but what had happened was there were cars all around us, and Eric said something to me, so I looked to my right for less than one second, looked to my right, looked back. As soon as I look back, I just see the car approaching so fast, try to hit my brakes and boom into the back of it. Mm-hmm. So from the time it took from me to look over, he had smashed on his brakes so hard that he had hit the car in front of him yeah. and then I had hit him again. Mm-hmm. So it, it was such a minimal time to react that, yes, I was paying attention, but there was there was no reaction time mm-hmm. allotted for me to just smash the brakes. Yeah. And a lot of times like instant feedback like that will it takes a lot to process or it takes a lot of time to process so when you guys eventually get home take care of the car and everything like what did you learn from the situation what were your thoughts after the shot kind of wore off well actually one of the first things i thought is wow i'm not invincible because <laughs> the, the like you honestly after we got hit i was like i couldn't even believe it because that stuff like that doesn't happen mm-hmm. You drive a car how many times in your lifetime? How yeah. many times do you get hit? It's like probably a really low percentage, 0.001%. Like super low. And it's just kind of stuff that you think won't happen to you. But then it happened. And I was like, wow, I'm not invincible. I still feel invincible because like I dinked the windshield pretty good. I put a pretty good like like starring pattern into it. But like I felt pretty good just like some pain and stuff mm-hmm. a lot of people are gonna say like were you wearing your seatbelt when you hit it or when you could you hit the windshield yeah 
Yeah, yeah. which is crazy. He actually mm. was wearing a seatbelt, and he still slapped the windshield. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. And, like, I also realized the importance of seatbelts mm. because I've been in... Actually, there was one time in my life where I heavily questioned seatbelts because uh, I was watching a surgery, and the reason this dude had so much trauma internally was because he, he the seatbelt, like, strapped him so hard that it caused a lot of blunt force mm. to his abdomen. And they we we actually or they actually had to like remove his gallbladder. Wow. Yeah, and I'm like, well, are seatbelts really that important? But like, I I don't think there is enough force or acceleration for me to like go through the windshield. But like, it very well could have happened. Yeah, you could have hit that thing way harder yeah. if you weren't wearing your seatbelt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about you? What did you think of it after the fact? Honestly, it took me back to the time when I wrecked my motorcycle. When, after I wrecked my motorcycle, I was fine. But I was just so mad because I broke my motorcycle. Mm-hmm. Once again, I was really mad that I broke the car. And just the hassle of it is very annoying. And I'm thankful the other person that was involved in the crash was okay, too. He was completely fine, like way better off than we were. He had he, no damage. He was complaining about his finger. Yeah, he mm-hmm. was complaining about his... I have his, a cut on my finger. Yeah, about... I don't think it was a cut. I think he just said it was sore. Yeah. But he just said that his thumb was sore. Mm-hmm. And I was like, at least... I'm grateful that that's the worst thing that happened to him yeah. and that we got all the damage. So I'm cool with it. I'm, I'm fine with that because I was completely fine. Eric was completely fine. Minus and minor scrapes and stuff. We were, we were good. The car, uh, not so much. So when I got home, I was like, man, out of everything that happened, the car is not okay. It just reminded me of my bike. My bike wasn't okay. And I, I remember my dad asking me, he was like, yeah, as long as everything's good with you, that's all that matters. Everything can be replaced. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, like that stuff's not a big deal. And I, and I kept saying, man, I wish I could have taken more impact, but, and the car had taken less impact. But I'm, I, I am really grateful for the fact that we were fine, and the mm-hmm. other person in the crash was fine as well. Yeah, could have been a lot worse. Yeah, definitely could have been way worse. When you guys get back on the road soon. Does this change the way you drive? Does this change your mindset about driving? I've been Ubering, and it's made me look at driving really weird. Because I've honestly, I think I am a really good driver. And it makes me realize, like, will I be texting and driving sometimes? Yes. Is it good? Definitely not. Because it makes me realize how even being distracted for less than a second, mm-hmm. just me looking over at Eric and then looking back at the road super quickly could be the biggest distraction ever mm-hmm. so it, it really does make me look at stuff completely differently and just to be more cautious because they always say getting in a car crash every time you hop in a car you have a one in 400 chance of getting into a car accident and i was like i've hopped in a car more than 400 times i'm probably like one in ten thousand right now mm-hmm. like and i or zero in ten thousand every time i've hopped in a car i've never gotten in a car accident but now I have been in a car accident and it makes me look at it much differently and honestly with a little bit more fear mm-hmm. to be driving because it is really dangerous. Yeah, it is. I think I told you it like it, it makes me view things differently like stuff that I would do that was like risky before like mm-hmm. like we were driving yesterday and it was like going into like more into the other person's lane when you're passing a cyclist. Like yeah. stuff like that, we just risk. Yeah. And because nothing's ever happened in the past. Mm-hmm. But now it's like, okay, like stuff could happen again. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like you'd rather be on the safety side because you don't want to go through that again. Yeah. Obviously, it wasn't like a 
huge crash, no hospitalizations and everything like that. But was there a time, whether it was the day of or after, that you thought about the concept of death and how it could have happened? Yeah. After the crash, I was the first thing I thought was, man, I'm thankful that I'm just standing here talking to this dude. My arm was hurting really bad, but that was the only thing that was wrong with me. I was standing there looking at the dude and I was like, man, if I hit this dude harder, like something could have happened and he could have died mm-hmm. or something could have happened and one of us could have died if we were going much faster. And it made me realize that, yes, accidents happen, but life can be really fragile. It can be over in a split second and you really don't even know it. Mm-hmm. So I did I did think about it after the fact, but luckily nothing like that happened. Yeah. I replayed this scenario actually in my head quite a bit and it was like Oh, it's all I could think about when I go to bed. Like like one of the things I thought thought about was like what if I looked over and like he didn't respond? Mm, yeah. Like like because when I looked over at him and I asked him that, like, what if he didn't like what if he wasn't breathing or something? Mm-hmm. At least I would know what to do. But then I thought, like, what if I put him on the ground and started doing compressions and then it was really hot? Like, the ground was really hot because it's, like, super hot here in Texas. Yep. And I'm like, would he be okay? And so, like, it was weird when I was thinking of that. And then I thought of, like, like how I hit. And I'm like, what if I did go through the windshield? Mm-hmm. Like, a lot more could have been wrong if I had the velocity to, like, do that. Mm-hmm. Because then, then we wouldn't even be caring about the car. We would have a totally different perspective on this if something more serious would have happened. Um, it's also made me realize uh, th- things in life don't matter. Like I, one of the things I told, I forget who it was. I told you, I think it was like, bro, like a truck would be like the way to go with, with yeah. safety. Like a sports car is like just a stupid idea now. Like something that can actually absorb the impact or... Um, keep you safe because if this were worse like like i said we wouldn't be complaining about a car here yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. absolutely and it's crazy like there's so much that we take for granted in life like i was talking to one of you about just like access to a car mm-hmm. and you drive every single day and then that's taken away from you like that happened to me several months ago i couldn't drive around it's like the small things going to the store going to the gym it's just like mm-hmm. nope can't do it unless yep. you know you have someone to help you it's like crazy the little things that you take for granted oftentimes that's life like we often say like if someone says like what are you grateful for right now and you can't think of an answer like oh i'm grateful to be alive but that doesn't really mean anything to anyone no if they haven't experienced like the other near death right and they're just like oh like grateful to be alive that's all you know like you're just alive every day like it's easy but if you are genuinely like whether it's a car crash like this or it's like I'm hospitalized and I actually face death for like 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. Like it means so much more. So now I think like people that have that experience, obviously not easy to go through, but you can live life more meaningful after because you're like, wow, I was, I was close to this. Like I could see mm-hmm. what the end could have been. Now it kind of changes your perspective. It teaches you to be more grateful for things too. I remember when we were reading Jordan Peterson's book, he was talking about systems and how so many systems are in place in our life. And we're not really grateful for them and we're ignorant to their even existence until something with them goes wrong. Yeah. He would always use the analogy of a car and you're, you always expect your car to work. You wake up, when you go to work, you expect your car to start. When you get off work, you expect it to start. You expect to get home safely. You have all these expectations lined up for how you already see something going because of how everything's went in the past. Mm-hmm. But when something doesn't meet its functionality, 
that's when you realize something's wrong. Mm -hmm. So now that we don't have a car for the time being and the, and the V's wrecked, mm -hmm. now it's like, oh, wow, I appreciate that car so much more. But when it was in our possession, it's like, meh, it's just, just another yeah, thing. Just there. Mm -hmm. Yep. To me, it's kind of like you hear things like you should be grateful, but you have to learn the lesson yourself before you can really understand what it means. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and... It, it it sucks to have that be what it is, but I am grateful because, like, I look at a lot of things differently. Mm -hmm. Like, one of the biggest things was I didn't have a cross on my neck, oh. which is crazy to me. Um, my other cross broke, so this one's newer, and I didn't put it on um, for, it was probably a little over a week. And I was like, dude, like, it, it was weird, and... Mm -hmm. Right after that happened, I went in my room and I put it on, and yeah. it's wow. not coming off until I get another one. Yeah, yeah, that's good. And I think this also shows, like, if you like the car situation, if you take it for granted, bad things might happen because you don't take care of your possessions yep. or your life. So, obviously, taking care of a car is not going to change the fact that someone slams on their brakes and you rear-end them. But it is a good lesson that, like, the things that you need to appreciate more in life like take better care of them talking about a car mm -hmm. if you want your car to last and be dependable you should be you know give it the proper oil changes proper maintenance take it to the shop when it needs to because bad things happen when you don't put into put the energy and time the resources into something it's going to fail on you because you're not caring for it mm -hmm. same thing for relationships same thing for life like if you come close to dying most of the time it's because you're not taking care of your health you're not taking care of your happiness other things that relate to poor health but if you now invest into that on a daily basis now it's probably going to bring so much more return back to you yeah so like it's little like we talked about it before like little small deposits whether it's into your car into your health into a relationship this will bring you better returns because when you actually need it it'll be there for you for sure yeah and i think the biggest thing is you can't overlook it right because so many people, including us before that happened, overlooked a lot of things and took a lot of things for granted. The biggest thing I do remember, one of the biggest things I remember is Ricky and I were arguing right before it. Mm. And we're infamous for arguing. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. But it was literally about a Jeep having 4G autos, man. Mm. Like, I'm like, bro, those aren't 4G autos. How do you know those are 4G autos? By the way, they were 4G autos. You know what Jeep I'm talking about, right, Matt? Yeah. yeah. And... Um, I was like, the the reason I was on my phone, I was Googling pictures of oh. uh, fuel tires because they have an F on them, like four G autos. And I was Googling fuel tires, and that's what was in my hand whenever the car crash happened. And it's just like, okay, think about it. If something was to happen, mm -hmm. like we're going out on a bad note or someone's like leaving on a bad note, if it did come to that, like that's so stupid. Yeah. Like you're 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 not like you said with like relationships you're not depositing anything good in there you it and it made me realize like small stuff like just isn't worth it sometimes mm -hmm. you know it's it's really not yeah that's true mm -hmm. it's a very good note yeah like later in life is that a conversation that will ever come up again or matter like no so yeah, like why is it something that is wasting energy right now like people get true. so invested into stuff like that whether it's stressing over something personal or getting into pointless arguments like if it's not going to matter in 10 years don't waste 10 seconds or 10 minutes spending any time on it because right. it's not going to matter that's hard to put in perspective though yeah very hard to put in perspective especially when you're you're in the heat of the mo heat of the moment of something 
And even when you tell someone to be grateful for something, it's really hard to be grateful for something if you really haven't experienced the other side of it. Mm -hmm. Like if you've grown up rich and all you've known is rich and then you say you're thankful for being rich or being born into wealth, whatever that may be, it's really hard to appreciate that because you don't know what it's like to live without money. Mm -hmm. And it kind of reflects on what we were talking about in church today whenever our or whenever the substitute pastor was talking about how many people in the world, how many billions of people don't have access to clean drinking water. Mm -hmm. And he was like, you're here today, so I'm assuming you have access to clean and a lot of drinking and a plentiful amount of drinking water, which was definitely the case. But he was talking about just the sadness of all the people around the world who don't have that access and don't have the privilege that we have but it's very hard to put into perspective and for us to even empathize with those people because we don't know what that's like. Or I'm going to say the, the majority of us don't know what that's mm -hmm. like to not have access to water. You can go to your tap water whenever you want, assuming your water is running, to go get a drink of water where you have bottled water, a Brita, refrigerator thingy. It's something that we in America don't really know. And it's hard, I would say, to be grateful for the simplicity in our, in our life that is water mm -hmm. because that's all we know and most of us have never experienced being two days three days without having access to drinking water yeah that's a great point and in most countries or i wouldn't say most but a lot of countries they they don't have the store with bottled water they don't have the kitchen to get water they don't have mm -hmm. a sink like the amount not only the quality of water but the quantity the sources that it comes from they don't even have that yep. i remember um i was at an airbnb like back in march i think it was and there was no like brita filter in the fridge or um, bottle they didn't leave any bottled water mm -hmm. in the fridge so i'm just like taking my hydro flask and filling it up under the sink so i'm just like whatever like i got a drink somehow and the next day i got like super sick because of the tap water like it was just poor tap water yep. and i just felt terrible and I was like, okay, I need to like flush this out of my system. So go to the store and get a couple gallons of water that was actually like purified and stuff. Like it was easy because I had the opportunity to go there and I also had $3 in my pocket to go get two gallons of water. You okay. know, like most people don't have that or a lot of people don't have that. And it's crazy. Like I wasn't thinking about it in the moment, but it really put into perspective. Like we, we take for granted, like having the easy access to something. And mm -hmm. if you don't have the direct easy access you go next door and they got it mm -hmm. you can access something super easily uh, everything's on our phone these days there's people are selling everything within 10 miles of you you can buy whatever you want yep. um, in america but there's just so many places where people are in so much more need than us um, that we can never relate to like if we show up i mean you can have like 500 bucks in your bank account and go to a third world country and you're a billionaire to them mm -hmm. you know it just really puts into perspective i forget who i was watching or talking about i think it was matt damon that name sounds familiar the actor he was on jay shetty's podcast and he has this water thing um this water charity where he donates clean water to a ton of people and builds water wells and is it water boys i don't i don't remember what it's called it no it's definitely not okay. water boys but anyways he his goal is to provide clean water to a lot of people, especially in Africa and people who don't have access like we do in America to it. And he said, because he is so rich and he has so much money, one thing that he does for his kids 
is he'll take them to those places to go experience life outside of there because he knows his kids are growing up wealthy, yeah. wealthier than 99% of the population with a ton of money and privilege that not many people will get to see. So he goes and exposes his kids to the poverty and the conditions that other people are living in so they can be more grateful for when they go back home to their $10 million house to be grateful for having it because there's some people in the world that don't even have shoes or don't even have water. Does that last though? Exactly. That's what I wanted to say. I think it's a good step for anyone to learn to appreciate something, but to, to be fully grateful for something, I really think you have to experience it because you can be like, Oh, this is so sad. I feel for them. I empathize with them. But realistically, how long is that going to last before you go back to living your normal life? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. A lot of people, they'll do something like that for the photo opportunity and show that they're doing something good and experiencing this great life lesson. Then they get back to their house and it's just like back to reality. Like Mm -hmm. I'm not thinking like maybe you'll think back and be like, oh, it was a cool experience. But, you know, you really don't learn too much, in my opinion. I think the idea of what Matt Damon is trying to do is great. Yeah, for sure. I think it's amazing trying to expose his kids to that. But I think it's ingrained in us as human nature that we're always we're we're the center of the universe. So like I'm the center of our universe, you're mm-hmm. the center of your universe, and basically the world revolves around us. Yeah. That's how we think as individuals. So after X amount of time passes with that, you're just like, Okay, back to living my life. I have my own problems, they mm-hmm. have their own problems. So mm-hmm. it's it's something that doesn't last too long and to be fully grateful for something, I think you really have to experience it. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. To um, Matt's earlier point about basically being richer, or um, if we go over to like another country, we'll be like millionaires to them. But even if you look back in our timeline, if you look back 100 years where they didn't have electricity, where they didn't have, I don't even know, probably like a lot of different things. We're richer than they are in a sense because of what we have and the uh, things that we have connections to, mm-hmm. the ability to communicate with people, not have to send a letter, pigeon, like, pigeon, yeah. yeah, pigeon, whatever, um, our proximity to family in a sense with communication. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a good point because a lot of people now, they'll get like, you want to be an entrepreneur, be like, oh, everything's already invented. Mm-hmm. Like, I wish I was in the 1700s. I could make the light bulb. Like, no, you wouldn't have made the light bulb. Like, mm-hmm. it took them 10,000 tries to get the light bulb invented. And no, but um, besides that, like, it's so much easier for us now. Like, mm-hmm. yes, there was less inventions back in the day, and they didn't have cars, they didn't have phones and stuff. But right now, we have everything. We have lessons on what they did. Plus, we have way more technology, way more access to information that we can go do 10 times more. Like. There's no reason why we as this generation, this part of human race should be 10 times more successful than the people that came before us because it's easier for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what other, moving along from what we experienced, because that's been a big thing, what other experiences have led to like big realizations or life lessons? I had a good one today. <clears throat> um, so... I've been reading books for a few years now, and at first it was just a goal of mine of like, I just want to read as many books as possible, like just buy them all, read them. And it was about like probably a year ago, I was like, okay, I want to 
um, start rereading books. And I picked a list of books that I want to reread once a year. And I started rereading one for the third time um, just, I think it was yesterday or two days ago. And I was reading it today. And the whole purpose of me rereading it is because, like, when you read a book, you don't remember everything that's in there. Mm -hmm. You extract a couple of things and you remember those. But you have different perspectives every time you read something or see something. If you watch a video 10 times, you're going to pick out something different. If you read a book 10 times, you're going to pick out something different. So I was like, okay, I'm going to read Think and Grow, Grow Rich again because I want to step up my game financially and I think I can get more out of it now. I'm a little bit more mature, have more experience. And that was the purpose behind it. I remember after I first read it, I was talking to my coach at the time, Sam, and he had it in his bag. And he's 10 years, 15 years older than me. He's reading it. And I, at, when I saw it, like my ego was speaking, I was like, wow, he's just reading this? Like I read this a year ago. I'm already ahead of him. Like I'm 15 mm -hmm. years younger. And um, he was like, yeah, man, I read this years ago. Never really grasped it the way I should have. So I'm reading it again. And I was like, okay, that's kind of weird, but whatever. And I thought about that today, like having the humility to say like, mm -hmm. I wasn't in the right place to grasp yeah. that knowledge. Like when I first read that book, I was, I think 20 years old, maybe 19, like, there's no way I'm getting as much out of it that I can now. And right. same with five years in the future. So I think it just like a big lesson that I learned um, from this process the past couple of days is like success takes time. We mature every day, every year. We're always going to see things from a different perspective. And also like, don't ever think that you're too good, mm -hmm. right? Like you're, you should always humble yourself and know that there's more to, to learn. There's more to experience. There's always so much more growth that can be had. Yeah, I like the stay humble part of that because especially when we do something good or we think that we do something good, we feel on top of the world. We're on our high horse. We think we're better than everyone. But when you get to that point, then you feel like you can't learn anything from anyone. Mm -hmm. And that's a dangerous place to be when you think that you know everything and no one can help you out because you think you're superior to everyone. Yeah. That realistically, you're going to stop growing there or you're going to minimize your growth because mm -hmm. your ego is so inflated. I saw a good tweet, or maybe it was a thread. I get them confused now because it's all the same thing. Mm -hmm. But it was Alex Hormozzi, and he said, um, a life lesson I would give to anyone is you're not as good as you think you are. And then he goes mm -hmm. on to explain it. He's like, think back five, ten years ago and think about how good you were. And now looking back, how stupid you were. <laughs> and like, like whatever it is, like you might have, like, we're all like 22, 23, maybe at like 17 years old, thought you were like the most attractive dude. Now you look back at pictures like, ew, I was ugly. Yeah, you're like, bro, what is <laughs> yeah. that? It's going to happen again in five years, yeah, right? Sure. And you might have thought like, I'm so smart. And like, now you're like, no, I didn't know anything. Or I was, I had so much money. No, I was broke. Like, it's always a constant cycle. And it's good to stay grounded, stay humble in that way, knowing that like, it was all, you're always getting better. It's cool to look back and see the progress you made. But it's also like having the realization of, when I was 15, thought I was hot shit, I really wasn't anything. Yeah. Same when I was 20, same with now. I just don't realize it, but I will realize it when I'm 25, right? Mm -hmm. One thing I can think of is it doesn't matter. Well, I don't know who said it. It was either the Buddha or Confucius or some other Asian um, influencer like that. It, it was, it doesn't matter how fast you go as long as you don't stop. And like, to be honest, I've heard a lot of people say like, like hard work doesn't determine success. And I kind of, in a sense, believe it because 
it doesn't matter how hard you work one day or the next day. It matters how long you can keep going in your longevity over the course of years, Mm -hmm. right? It's can can you be consistent every day where you're doing what you need to get done? You're doing what's required to get to where you need to be. It's that that idea that eventually things will mature and come full circle as long as you put in the right input to them. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. Like with consistency, you can beat almost anyone. Mm-hmm. I came across a video the other day of Jesse Itzer talking about podcasts and he's like, there's, I think it was like 2 million or 20 million podcasts on Apple podcasts registered, mm-hmm. but half of them don't even have more than one episode. And then the other half, they haven't released an episode in like five years or something like the odds were crazy. Like if you were consistent, you're already beating 75% of people, mm-hmm. but you think that you have a terrible podcast. Like, no, you're already in the top 25% of everyone globally right. just because of consistency. And it applies for everything in life. So many people want to start, they never want to keep going. Mm-hmm. So if you're the one that can actually outlast them, you're always going to win. Mm-hmm. And people always get so, I mean, myself included, like my personal podcast, I've been doing it for almost two years. And like when I don't see growth or I don't get instant feedback from people or whatever that looks like i'm like like what am i doing this for mm-hmm. like why why like i i want to be at the top and i'm nowhere close but realizing like okay maybe in 10 years that'll all change and i will be at the top right it's it's tough to look that far out in the future but it's like okay how do i get there it's two episodes every single week mm-hmm. like without it without a miss you have to do it every single time and everyone else that has podcasts like they might have the same thoughts and say like i'm struggling and then they're gonna stop and mm-hmm. then naturally that just puts me once one step ahead of them you know 100 so you're on like episode 150 ish um and i want to ask you how many episodes of birds banter did you do over 200 but i was doing three a week so so maybe that's what it takes right because yeah. you had that sponsorship mm-hmm. and Maybe that's that's the thing. Like you've been down this road before. Like those people who have started. Like okay, maybe I've been doing this for a hundred days straight. Maybe maybe I've been doing YouTube for a hundred days straight. Okay, look at the people who are successful. How many how many years have they been doing it? They're probably gonna say like six to ten years straight. They've been doing it, mm-hmm. and then put into perspective. Just because what you think is hard work doesn't mean it's hard work. Yeah. Look in the the broader scheme of things and realize that if you do double what you're doing and you lengthen your time frame maybe you won't be where you want to be but you're going to be a lot farther and closer to your goals Mm -hmm. absolutely and one thing that like kind of frustrates me it shouldn't but like i will follow like an entrepreneur someone that has a lot of followers like they got big influence and they'll be like hey i'm starting Starting a podcast podcast, yeah like damn it like without a question, their first episode is going to get 100,000 views mm-hmm. just by posting something. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, I'm nowhere close to that. But to put into perspective, like this is the first thing I'm building with my personal brand. They've already built theirs. They've already built businesses. They've built their Instagram, their TikTok. Yeah. Now it's easy for them to step into something else. Mm-hmm. If I had a top podcast, I can start a YouTube channel tomorrow and pick up a million subscribers just saying like, follow me, right? Mm-hmm. It'd be so much easier. So when you're starting something, whether it's now or you start something in the past, like you're gonna have people that doubt you. You're gonna have people that say like, oh, how's that little YouTube channel going? Or how's that business going? Like kind of downgrade it. Mm-hmm. Um, and people are gonna like laugh at you. They're not gonna believe in you. But mm-hmm. if you just have that belief and that consistency, 
it will become much easier mm-hmm. and you'll be the one that people are going to come for you. Like the, one of my favorite quotes of all time is hustle until your haters ask if you're hiring, like mm-hmm. put mm-hmm. yourself in a position that the people that were doubting you before, like hating on you. Now they're the ones coming out and saying, Oh, you're doing so well. Like, can I learn from you? Can I get a job from you? Like, what can I do? You know, like that's the real, like, it really puts into perspective like how much how much we can grow as people by changing people's minds about what we can achieve mm-hmm. yeah that's great uh, another thing relating to that consistency is like in the gym i can go in the gym and i could probably get close to benching 225 without even practicing benching 225 but that's because of all of the time that i've put in before mm-hmm. and I, I use a story of I used to wish for my biceps to grow. I always say like, man, my genetics are so bad. Man, I train them so often, but they just won't grow. But over the course of six years, me as just being a human, I've just gotten bigger. Yeah. And it's also been easier to grow my biceps as I put in a lot of the initial tax to be able to get to this point. Mm-hmm. So it's that idea of if you keep going, you'll see the results that you want to see eventually. And like I said, maybe not to the magnitude that you wanted to see them, but you'll start to see results. Yeah. Success and progress is a lot slower than we think. Yeah. Um, Like some people, like they seem like overnight sensations, but I remember when I first started lifting, I was, I'm not sure if you guys know Abel Albanetti. Mm -hmm. You loved him. Yeah. Dude, I would watch him and I would go up to people and be like, I'm going to look like this in a year. I truly believed it. Mm -hmm. Like, I was way off, but I was just mm-hmm. like, it's achievable. Mm-hmm. And I was working out a plan of fitness and like, <laughs> I was just like, didn't get there at all. Still not there. But I thought like, this is going to be so quick, so easy. And I mean, like you, it's just like, like, wh- what does it take? It takes a lot of time. It takes mm-hmm. a lot of consistency. And I want to re- relay that into something like, I feel like the way that we see more progress and also appreciate more progress is by like celebrating our small wins mm-hmm. like if you go into the gym and you want to grow your biceps and you're doing sets of curls and you're you're grabbing the 35 instead of the 30s you might think like oh, they're still not getting bigger why not just say to you look in the mirror and say i went up and wait like i'm proud of myself mm-hmm. you know just being happy for that there, there's science behind it of like the chemicals that it releases in your brain it promotes growth in so many areas so whether it's business or anything in life like congratulate yourself for the small wins. You don't have to throw a party, but just say to yourself, like, hey, I'm proud of you. Mm-hmm. You put in the work, you're consistent, like you're doing a great job. It's gonna make you feel so much better. And the success is gonna come from like constant achievement, not chasing something that you aren't. And right. also extend your timeline too. Hermosi says it a lot. We always overestimate what we can do in a year and underestimate what we can do in a decade. And yeah, that's definitely true. I know I've done it many times. I know we all have done it many times. You really think that you can change your life in a year, but when you think about 10 years into the future, it seems like so long that it's hard for you to comprehend. Mm -hmm. But think about where you were 10 years ago. How old was I? 13, wow. See, when I was 13, I don't even know what I was doing, playing video games and stuff, and in middle school. Mm -hmm. Like, it's crazy if you just reflect on your life 10 years ago versus where you are now. I never would have thought I was here. Mm -hmm. But it's crazy to see your life in retrospect 10 years so just extend your timeline Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's really good because our goals change all the time like our interests change and if you like are too fixated on one thing but your interests change or something around you changes it might be hard to 
continue that path. It might feel like it's forced. So that's really one of the reasons I got away from setting annual goals and I shortened them because I found myself like starting something in January and then come November, I just be like, I don't even care for this anymore. Like, mm-hmm. why am I putting time and energy into it? If this is not something that aligns with like what I want to be doing it happens so much in life. Like we envision the career, we envision the yearly goal, we envision something. And then all of a sudden like that changes and now you're forcing yourself to do it or you feel like you're a disappointment. So it's also just like keep an open mind, like another life lesson. Like we've all probably experienced something on a year to year basis that we're just like, I never saw myself doing that, but mm-hmm. here I am, I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. And that makes up who you are now. So always keep the door open for new opportunities to come. And I think that will change the way you see achievement. For sure. 100%. Um, another life lesson that I have relates to like physical objects and kind of like the importance surrounding of that, surrounding them. And really it makes me view money differently as money in most cases, except for scammers, is a measure of how much impact and help you can put out into the world. So it's... To me, it's like a vehicle, not really a vehicle, but, and money's a measure of your impact. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I know right now, you saying that, I'm thinking back to a time when we were in high school and there were people in our school that were farmers. And their parents were farmers and they raised cows and threw hay bales and did all of that stuff that I don't know of. But they just did, that's what, that's what their family did for a living was farm, whatever farmers do. And the older I got, I was like, why is a farmer rich? Like, you just, <laughs> you just go out and you plant stuff and you pet a cow and slap a pig and, and what? Now you make a lot of money. But when I, when I got older, I realized that those farmers, they're impacting a lot of people. They feed a lot of people. They provide food to grocery stores. They provide food to markets. They're literally impacting people by providing them with energy and providing them with food. And I saw all these videos online of maybe you buy a $100,000 tractor and all these farmers were like, $100,000 tractor, that's it? That's cheap. That's not going to buy you anything. That'll buy you a wheel for a tractor. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, how are these farmers making that much money? But then I realized that they have a lot of impact on a lot of people. And the bigger impact that you have on bigger people, no matter what it is that you do, you're going to make more money. You mm-hmm. can be a doctor and be impacting nobody. You could have went to school for 15 years to get your PhD and your doctorate and some and any type of surgery. But you don't work. You don't impact anyone. You're not going to make any money regardless of the credentials that you have. Mm-hmm. A lot of people build their wealth by boring businesses, quote unquote, like mm-hmm. picking up the trash or energy, like mm-hmm. things that are like very boring to the average person, but everybody needs it and mm-hmm. yeah. you're, you're paying for it some way or another. So someone's capitalizing and a lot of people, they want to go for the big sexy business that everybody knows and it's cool to create content for, but like your trash still comes every Friday morning, picks you up. Like they're getting paid somehow, you mm-hmm. know, everybody's using them. So maybe you wouldn't be as proud saying, you know, Oh, I run waste management, but like, I'd be proud if I was making a billion dollars. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, someone's got to do it. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's very interesting. Like I remember when I was, um, 
doing landscaping in high school and my girlfriend at the time was like why wouldn't you do this like for your life because she knew like that I enjoyed it I was making good money and I was just like because I couldn't see myself like going into like a um a networking event or like a friend function and just saying like hey I have a landscaping company like it just seems so lowly but at the yeah. same time it's just like everybody needs their grass cut like looking back like I, I still don't want to do that for my life but like there's such a need for it that you can still get paid and maybe you're yeah. not like oh I'm an orthodontist but you might be making more money mm -hmm. yeah. yeah very true there's a lot of stigmas behind a lot of things and society will view certain occupations a certain way but you don't want to do them one because your ego is too big and two because you don't like the perception that other people are going to give you from doing that profession maybe at the time i know you loved landscaping mm -hmm. maybe at the time you did want to be a landscaper for the rest of your life and that and your ego influenced you otherwise yeah. when you wanted to be an audiologist and you saw more stature in audiology than in landscaping mm -hmm. but as a 15 year old you were making bank doing <laughs> landscaping who knows what that could have grown to today if yeah. you really just stuck with it because i know you like doing it mm -hmm. yeah you're right yeah well other than that i think that's all the life lessons that we've learned or not all of them just a few of the big ones that we've learned in the past couple of years especially with the most recent one the fragility of life and as well as discipline keep your ego down and many others but other than that thank you guys for tuning in to this episode of the next chapter podcast expect uploads every tuesday and thursday and we'll see you in the next one peace